In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In 1850, Ludwig Fehrenbach, a German philosopher and anthropologist, wrote an essay that has a quote in it that we use from time to time. The essay, Natural Science and the Revolution, had a few aims, but one of which was to attempt to prove that man is only a material being and that the world of the spiritual, as he calls it, um, was a mere fabrication. We have sometimes taken this quote for other purposes, and even though Feuerbach was attempting to use it as a foil against Christianity and other religions, he has unwittingly proved part of the Christian claim. The quote, and by the way, it's much better in German because there's a little bit of a pun in it, is, is this. Der Mensch ist, was er ist. Man is what he eats. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus, in today's gospel, is continuing his discourse and conversation with the crowd, who are now puzzled all the more about this feeding that Jesus is talking about. If you recall from last week's gospel, Jesus had fed a crowd of about 5,000 people, gathered up 12 baskets of leftovers, and departed from the crowd. They have followed him and basically want more bread, demanding a sign from Jesus that he is greater than Moses, who fed, as they surmise, their ancestors in the desert. Jesus explains that it was God the Father who fed the children of Israel and not Moses. Also, Jesus explains that bread, or that, the, that manna, was to satisfy their appetites, but was not the life-giving bread. And in that explanation, Jesus uses a phrase that is almost lost on our ears. I am while it's not an exact metaphor, I want you to think about an idiom that we sometimes use in English. We have what we sometimes call the royal we, or if there are any grammar enthusiasts here, a majestic plural. This is a plural pronoun that is used typically by kings and queens that refers to a single person. But instead of it being a singular pronoun like I, me, my, it is a plural pronoun, we or our. And it is used in an official capacity, such as a speech-making or, or writing official documents. It would be rather strange to our ears if I would stand here in this pulpit and make some sort of declaration like, we prefer chocolate cake to vanilla. And you probably, yes, I can see someone doing that. You would probably scratch your heads and look at me with a scant eye. Jesus has almost done the same sort of thing when, in the context and in the verbiage that he uses, says, I am the bread of life. I am is the closest thing we have to a mysterious phrase that is used for the naming of God. In Exodus 3, God reveals a name 
That is a phrase um, that even in Hebrew and Aramaic make little sense. In fact, scholars are still baffled as how to translate the word Yahweh. Some say it is, I am who I am, or even I am what I am, while others insist on, I will be who I will be. Our rendering of the name Yahweh is a shortening of this phrase and becomes simply, I am. Just a note, um, many times when you see the word Lord in all capital letters in your Bible or even in our prayer book, it is a translation in English of the rendering of the word Yahweh. Throughout the Gospel of John, we have Jesus making these I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. And there's many, many more. But each of these points to something, a larger reality about not only who Jesus is, but points us to an additional understanding of how God acts. God gives food. God creates light. Only through God is there life and hope of resurrection. Jesus is telling the Jews that are grumbling that it is time to recognize that God the Father is about to start accomplishing a new work, a work that was prophesied about in Isaiah. And they shall all be taught by God. Jesus, the Word of God, is here to teach and to feed them with the bread of life. And by using this I am phrase, Jesus is purposefully and masterfully telling them that this prophecy, this hope, is now here. But part of the problem is the crowd still doesn't quite know what to make of Jesus. They have reservations. They know how Jesus is, and they know who he is. And it's not just from his traveling around the countryside, because they know his parents. They even call Joseph out by name. You can imagine in a very close-knit society that some of these people not only knew Jesus but watched him grow up. Perhaps, if they were his age, even played with him as a child. And their doubt is predicated by the material substance of Jesus, his human nature. We, too, often have the same problem. We look for signs of God in this world, but sometimes it is this half-hearted searching. Or we question things which we don't understand and just leave it there, rather than taking the time to work through the questions. And we can call it blindness, or we could all even call it hard-heartedness, but we refuse to see God acting in the world. Seeing God active in this world is one of those things that we learn to recognize. For example, we can all look upon the violence and the unrest around the world, or at the natural disasters that happen, 
or even something that hits rather close to home and say, well, where is God in this? And we can completely miss God working through people, working through the healing of brokenness, working through the simple giving out of food or the person supporting another one with a hug. We sometimes expect God to act in massive, powerful ways. And then we can all point and say, look, see how big our God is? But it is in the individual working that we sometimes fail to see God. And the crowd, because of their knowledge of Jesus or their expectation for a different Messiah, fail to understand that Jesus is the bread of life. They completely miss that God has come to teach them, to feed them the words of life, to be among them. Rather, they still seek and yearn for that which is past, the old bread, the manna of the desert, St. Paul alludes to this in 1 Corinthians when he says, Clean out the old yeast so that you may be a new batch, as you really are unleavened. For our paschal lamb, Christ, has been sacrificed. Therefore let us celebrate the festival not with the old yeast of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity, and truth. This crowd, these Jews, can't see past their own history, their own story. And from generations ago, they don't look forward. They only look to the now. And it would be like us yearning for something our grandparents had as a necessity to survive on but which we no longer need. Instead, Jesus has brought them this new bread, and this new bread is his flesh, his very own self, and his sacrificial death. This bread is the true bread. This bread is the life-giving bread which everyone seeks. One of the ways that we learn to see God active in this world is by learning to recognize Jesus here. We learn to recognize Jesus in our sacraments. We learn to recognize Jesus in this fellowship. And we learn to recognize Jesus active in us through the Holy Spirit, transforming us into who he wishes us. To be. Seek out the bread of life. Seek out Jesus in this world. Hear the words of Jesus and the life that they give. Be ready to recognize him in his workings. If we really are what we eat, then come and feed on Christ. Feed on his word and feed on him in 
the Eucharistic feast. Let this bread of life fill you so you hunger after nothing else in this world. For Jesus is living bread that came down from heaven. And he who eats this bread will live forever.